Welcome to the third episode of The Dark and Twisted with Jake Daniels and JT Bowe. Today we have two special guests. We have Wyatt Wallach. Wyatt, say hi. How's it going? And we have Alexa Brick. Hi. And before we do anything with this podcast, we would like to have an ad from our sponsor, Coca-Cola. What is Coca-Cola? Is it an excuse to get together? Since 1886, Coca-Cola has been passing on smiles from generation to generation. We've been giving kids scholarships, like the early birds and the all-nighters. And you get to enjoy what matters most. Coca-Cola. Drink up. Thank you from our friends at Coca-Cola for sponsoring this episode, and we will get right into it. Today, our podcast had to deal with blood and fingerprints, so we chose to tell you guys about the case of Warren and Bonnie Hornick. And uh, just before we start, we'd like to have a trigger warning for anybody that's uncomfortable with uh, forensic-type things and murders and such. Um, so this case takes place in Fort Worth, Texas, and Bonnie and... Warren, they were married for three years and were well respected in society. Bonnie was a lawyer and had a lot of success. And Warren used to be on the police force, but he was kicked off for uh, alcohol abuse. And as you'll learn later, alcohol has a huge uh, impact in this story. Uh, On March 14th, 1995, Bonnie and Warren went to multiple bars on a so-called date. Uh, at around 11:39 p.m., Warren responded to the police. Reported to the police that his wife had shot herself in the neck. When emergency services arrived, Bonnie Bonnie was found dead in her bed. She had a gunshot wound in her chest and a 38 cal revolver and a shotgun on the bed. Police also found a pillowcase wrapped around her neck. Uh, and with Warren already having trouble with alcohol abuse um, and them going out and drinking right before this happened it automatically tipped police off that maybe he was a suspect for Bonnie's death. Uh, This also makes me think maybe uh, Warren was a little bit jealous of Bonnie just because she was a lawyer and kind of bringing in the money for them. Um, Warren apparently seemed to perform CPR until emergency services took her away, and there was no sign of break-in, and Bonnie was killed by a gunshot wound and not the pillowcase wrapped around her neck. So before before we go any farther, uh, Alexa and Wyatt, uh, what, what do you guys think about the story and about like what we have said so far? Uh, I think this case is uh, very intriguing and suspicious. <clears throat> um... I'd like to see how it all pans out in the court. I agree with Wyatt. And uh, with the no break-in, or no signs of break-in at the house, it narrows it down to either Bonnie committing suicide or Warren killing her with the 38 cal revolver. Uh, Police suspected that Warren killed his wife uh, and called 911 for help. a little about Warren's background is uh, Warren is an ex-police officer and he got caught up in drinking and he was a very big alcoholic. And uh, sources say that he would become violent when he was drunk while he was on the force. So that also tipped police off that he could possibly be the killer. Uh, Yeah, for police, I mean, that kind of makes it a little bit easy to suspect him immediately and not go straight to her killing herself. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and also, Bonnie's family believed that she would never kill herself and that she valued her life way too much and she had so much going for her because she was a successful lawyer and had a lot going for her. Uh, on, the on the 911 call, Warren claimed Bonnie committed suicide, but when police arrived, he claimed he, someone had broken and killed her. And there was no signs of break-in or anything as of that. And him changing his story, maybe because he was drunk, maybe because uh, that's how things panned out. He said he just said something frantically mm -hmm. to 911, but you never know with these type of things. And also, in Warren's defense, it was a very crazy and chaotic scene. And so I could see him getting his story mixed up just based off it being so chaotic. Uh, the autopsy was unable to determine if Bonnie had self-inflicted wounds or if they were from someone else. So the autopsy gave no hints as to whether Bonnie killed herself or was killed by Warren. Which is a very surprising thing just because uh, normally autopsies and stuff like that do kind of uh, automatically get it. Mm -hmm. and they reveal a lot of things yeah, about the surprising. case. Uh, a police detective from Fort Worth named James Varnon investigated the scene and believed that Bonnie had committed suicide. Bonnie's close friends and family, as I said before, believed that she would never kill herself because she was too good of a person. So, uh, Wyatt and Alexa, what is your stance? Uh, who do you think did it and why, what's the reason? Um, I feel that this definitely should, has a chance to be a homicide just because of the drinking problems coming from the husband. Um, also, the autopsy was showing whether or not it can't, I'm sorry, whether or not it, um, it was a suicide, suicide or, suicide or yeah. a homicide. I feel like if someone would have broke into the house, then there would have been a lot more done rather than done to her body rather than just a gunshot wound. And also with the police finding no uh, sign of break-in, yep. that kind of points to... I think well. given the husband's background of drinking, there's no way that he could get his story mixed up when his wife's dead of her killing herself or someone breaking in and killing her. I think he did kill his wife. And then given her background of her having so much going for her, being a successful lawyer, she would never kill herself. Officers looked back on the case and remembered that Warren was very drunk and also had a bad rep of playing with firearms and went under the influence, which also points directly towards him kind of throwing him under the bus that way also. Um, the police also remembered Warren having a lot of blood all over and through his shirt. And yes, he did perform CPR to try and resuscitate his wife or his wife back to life, but the amount of blood that was on his shirt didn't really correspond to just trying to give her CPR. And uh, going along with the forensics aspect of this, the blood on his shirt was more of a mist, which comes from a high impact wound, which would happen from a gunshot. Uh, when the shirt was sent for testing, the lab concluded Warren was extremely close to Bonnie uh, when, she, when she was shot. However, police and examiners couldn't conclude whether it was homicide or suicide. This just kind of shows that uh, more towards the homicide part of it, 
just because he was so close, and if he was so close, why would she commit suicide that way? And uh, just a disclaimer, uh, blood spatter analysis is not a 100% thing in forensics, and it's not widely, well, major, widely accepted in the forensics community. But also blood can uh, conclude like cases like this also just because of the angles of the blood and where they direct to and uh, finding out where the shots came from and kind of all that stuff. I would say blood spatter analysis is more used to help figure out the story but not really to prosecute someone for murder or not murder. A uh, blood spatter expert claimed that Warren's shirt and blood on it suggested he had shot someone at a close range. Uh, the jury found Warren guilty and convicted him of killing his wife. He was sentenced to 30 years in prison. So do you guys agree with the conviction of Warren? Or do you think it was too early? Do you think that they need a little more evidence towards it and kind of go into it? Uh, with all the evidence that was stated in this case, I think that is it's just to convict him. Um, I think, given all the evidence and details, it is right to convict him of murder, but I do think they should have carried the investigation on a little bit longer just to make everybody else happy and agree that Warren is the killer of his wife. Yeah, because uh, for Warren's family, that's kind of hard just to prosecute him that quickly with just the evidence that they had immediately. And I feel like everybody kind of needs a little sense of sense yeah sense of reassurance which is and especially with a lot of the um evidence being subjective like different people can look at the same blood spatter and find different results like some people some of the examiners that looked at it said that they thought it was a suicide and others looked at it and thought that it was a homicide and many stuff. cases are perceived this way and end up being wrong and when it comes down to it and many people are put into prison or not put into prison for the wrong reasons mm -hmm. when warren attempted to appeal two years later the court rejected the appeal warren is currently serving his sentence at clarence and stevenson unit in curo texas he's scheduled to be released in 2026 uh, uh, do you guys think that that's like too early for a release. Do you think that it's fair that yeah. they're doing this? Like, do you feel that 30 years was enough punishment if he were 100% to murder her? Um, I feel that 30 years would do enough to change a person based on their views. Mm -hmm. So and you so you feel as if even if he did kill her, he may have learned his lesson and uh, would be able to be put back out in public? Yes, and I'm assuming that he went through uh, tons of therapy. And rehab. Alcohol and rehab. Yeah. So I, I'm going to say that this is just to let him out at this time. Um, I have to disagree with Wyatt. I think a life sentence for all murders is right and just because he did kill a human being and that human being was his wife. So I think a life sentence would be and, just for him. And I can agree with that, Alexa, just because when he was, like it stated earlier, when he is drunk and he is messing around with firearms and stuff, it's a very dangerous thing to do. and. The fact that he kept doing it and kept messing around with the firearms is its kind of how much rehab does it need. Mm, I agree. Um, <clears throat> many of Bonnie's friends claimed Warren was abusive towards her and didn't think he was capable 
but they decided ultimately he could have been the killer. Uh, there are also many people who think that blood spatter uh, was enough to convict Warren, which well, is, this case goes both ways because there are people that think that blood spatter is enough to prosecute and can put people away for life, and then there are others that think it's unreliable and too subjective to be used in a court of law. And so we're going to get into now the side well, that says... Well, okay. before, we, before we go on to that, um, you, you got to kind of realize that the blood spatter evidence and people not believing the blood, the blood spatter evidence is mainly on Bonnie's side. But then you got to think of Warren's, the people on Warren's side also. It, like, I don't know, it just kind of rubs against each other. And who, who do they convict? Who are they going to make mad? Who, like... Yeah. And uh, so now we're going to get into more of the uh, negative viewpoint of blood spatter analysis and look at people who don't believe that it's reliable and it's too subjective to be used. Uh, the local examiner initially believed that Bonnie had committed suicide, which proves that different people can see different things. And uh, the district attorney at the time, Mike Parrish, said that he believed it was a suicide when he saw the case. And still does to this day. And I, I don't know if they'll ever be able to prove that, but by the way the blood spatter was on his shirt, how much blood can you actually get on you by just performing CPR? Like, he would it'd be very hard to, especially the way that it was projected onto his shirt and all through his shirt. And uh, I, don't, I don't believe that um, if someone broke into the house that they would just kill the wife and leave. Mm -hmm. Especially if the husband was that close to the murder, whereas they were getting blood spattered on them. Yeah. So I think that's subject to um, saying that this is homicide. Do you think blood spatter analysis should be used in court? Um, or do you think it's too person to person to be used? I would say more of person to person because uh, someone could be standing anywhere mm -hmm. and get blood spattered on them so I think it should be used to court because there's like JT said there's no way that he was performing CPR on her with the way that the blood was on his shirt and through his shirt mm -hmm. uh, the assistant our blood spatter analysis is a very controversial topic in forensics because it because it is so subjective uh, they are based on humans opinion and not set in stone uh, the subjectivity of blood, spat blood spatter analysis is what makes people question the verdict of the case. And there's still discussions to this day on whether it was a suicide or a homicide and what really happened that night. So now that we went over all the facts, what do you guys think about the case? I think that this could have easily been prevented from all the signs that the husband was showing uh, before, the, before the death happened. Um... I think that it's right that they locked him away that early and uh, for how long they did. And um, I don't know where to go from there. I definitely agree with Wyatt that it could have been prevented, but either way, if he didn't kill his wife, he should be put in prison for abusing his wife and his alcohol abuse while playing with arms. Weapons. So, do you think the thirty years is enough for abusing for his wife? If he and stuff did, like that? if he killed his wife, I think there should be a life sentence. But 
the abuse you think, of his wife. And do you think just for the abuse and the fire, the firearm misconduct and yeah. everything like that, he should have had a life sentence, or not a life sentence, but prison years before that and maybe some rehab. Yeah, and, and that would have definitely prevented. Especially the after, killing. especially after he got uh, kicked off the police force. Yeah, and definitely. Do you think that he should have been a, been able to appeal? the court. I think they should have given him the right to appeal just because of the subjectivity of the evidence that was provided because at the end of the day it's not concrete evidence and blood spatter analysis will never really be concrete evidence so I think he should have had a chance to appeal the case. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. Yeah I, I can agree with that. Yeah. I, I would say that anyone has a fair chance to appeal and the right to appeal. So, uh, your vo your viewpoint is that people should have the right to appeal because people can change and people have changed. And maybe even though he did get kicked off the police force, maybe there is a little still a little bit good into him for getting into it in the first place and wanting to protect the people and help the people because that's what the police force ultimately does. I feel like after he got kicked off the police force for alcohol abuse, he should have been sent to rehab right then rather than let him go and something tragic like this happens. So do you guys think they had enough evidence to convict him of the murder? Um, I would say so. Um, even if they did use the blood spatter, that's even more evidence that they could use towards him. Um, with his past, uh, he's obviously an angry person. Drinking, getting kicked off the police force, um, I think all this evidence points towards a homicide. JT, how about you? How do you, do you think they had enough evidence? Uh, for me, they did have enough evidence just because I kind of, I do believe in blood spatter used in court and, and to uh, convicting somebody that way. Just because even if, like, if he is the killer, maybe 30 years is what he deserves. Just because they were not sure but almost positive. I think 30 years with the chance to appeal was a correct decision. How about you, Alexa? I think they could have gathered more evidence to make him 100% the killer and put him away for life instead of having the bare minimum amount of evidence and just putting him away for 30 years. Because I think for his wife's family, that's not fair. And I would, I see both sides just because um, blood spatter analysis can go both ways based on the person that's looking at it. But with his history of playing with firearms when he's drunk and being violent and getting kicked off the police force because of alcohol abuse, that once he gets very drunk, it is very plausible that he murdered his wife with a firearm. Um, JT, go ahead. Anything? Closing remarks on this case? Uh, yeah. I know it's not part of the case or anything like that, but uh, one of our special guests, Alexa Brick, happened to live on the street of a... What, uh, I'll just let her explain what happened and her viewpoint of it and if she has any intel on it. Um, that was a double murder and suicide of a wife, husband, and father-in-law where it was domestic issues with the husband and three days before the killing there were four cop cars for domestic abuse abuse at their house and the husband ended up shooting and killing the father-in-law and the wife 
and then he ended up killing himself after he saw what he did. So I definitely think that could have been avoided by so, the first call of domestic abuse. Yeah, I think that ties into our case just because it could have been avoided at the first sign of misconduct because if the police would have just separated the father from the house and not let him come into contact with them ever again, then none of this would have happened. The same thing with Warren. If he was sent to rehab right after he got kicked off the police force, then some of this could have been prevented. So did you have any relations with the people on your street? Um, they were just my neighbors. Uh, we got invited to their house one time last summer, but that's pretty much it. They've been my neighbors for like four years. Uh, did you did you see any signs of domestic no, abuse or anything I like didn't, that? I didn't, but there were definitely cop cars at their house once or twice. Okay, so I mean there was a yeah. little bit of stuff going on. Uh, does anyone else here have any closing remarks about the case? Anything you'd like to add? Sure. Good. Well, thank you for joining us for the third episode of The Dark and Twisted with Jake Daniels and JT Bo. We'll see you next time.